You're listening to The Interview. In-depth retailer interviews with inspirational people. Hosted by Ben Bland. Brought to you by The Retail Exchange. In association with Visual Thinking. Inspiring retail performance. Hello and welcome to The Retail Exchange podcast with me, Ben Bland. With Boris Johnson taking over as the new British Prime Minister, the potential impact of Brexit and its effects on UK industry is likely to dominate headlines again in the coming months. But UK retailers are concerned with much more than just that one issue right now. So what should be on their boardroom agenda? I sat down with Helen Dickinson, Chief Executive of the British Retail Consortium at the World Retail Congress 2019, to discuss the challenges facing UK retail in the light of unprecedented change in the industry that's resulted in difficult trading conditions and evolving shopper habits. Helen, thank you for joining us. What do you think are the biggest ways in which the industry has changed since you took over at uh, British Retail Consortium? Well... I characterise it such that at the moment we, certainly from a UK point of view, are in the midst of a a perfect storm of technology fundamentally changing the way that people shop, rising costs for for many retail businesses. A lot of them have been um, uh, public policy implemented, so whether that's taxes or um, apprenticeship levies or just just burdens on on the industry and and a market. Uh, and consumers who aren't spending a huge amount. So so spending growth is low. And you put all of that together, um, particularly against that technology backdrop, and I think that does mean that while on the one hand there's lots of innovation, excitement, uh, many businesses extending internationally, uh, new technologies really coming to the fore, the other end of the spectrum, there is a lot of distress, there are still closures, there are job losses, and we are seeing that playing out really significantly in in some countries, and the UK is one of those. Uh, well, I mean, when, when did you start it uh, as Chief Executive? Uh, at the end of 2012, beginning of 2013. Okay, so if you were to give us the analogy of a weather forecast, what would you say <laughs> that the retail climate was like when you took over, and what is it like now? Uh, I think when I took over, it was probably cloudy, but at least, uh, you know, there was no fog. It wasn't like raining really heavily. I think what's happening now is that uh, uh, the, uh, the the weather forecast has kind of gone away. So we don't know what's going to happen next. So we're in this vacuum, if you like, of, of future certainty, particularly from a political point of view. We are in a sort of logjam hiatus, uh, which I think is pretty... Bad, uh, bad backdrop. Are we in a storm? Are we? We're not. I'm not sure in a storm because uh, you know I talk to lots of businesses, and what I've found over the course of the last couple of years, particularly, is that people have kind of got more used to what is actually happening around them and are now much more focused on how to deal with it. Whereas probably two, three years ago, there was much more rabbit in headlights and oh my god. And I think we've sort of sort of moved on from that. And where do you think the cause for optimism comes from? Indeed, do you see any cause for optimism for retail? I think from an industry point of view, there is a real cause for optimism in that change always brings opportunity and those opportunities are there for the taking for the businesses that that seize them. Sounds a bit obvious. Um, But where 
for example, people are looking at how they can reskill people who work within their business to develop new talents to to um, actually have uh, more awarding jobs. So if you think about the the role of people who work in retail in the future, I think there's plenty to be optimistic in that space about because what automation will do, what artificial intelligence will do is make retail jobs the ones that uh, are are really important, more customer-facing and more valuable and more analytical, more digital, and therefore potentially much more interesting. And so for a retailer that's trying to position itself and its brand and future-proof itself, what do you think are the quickest things, the easiest things that they can do that perhaps in in a lot of cases you see them not doing to, to achieve that? It's about how you build in ways of working into a uh, any business or particularly a retail business where the environment around you is changing very quickly. The ability of your business and your people to be empowered to actually make change more quickly themselves rather than setting a real precise defined strategy at the top and managing it to the nth degree and I think that agility will be part of what differentiates those that navigate their way through what's happening at the moment more successfully and those that don't. And how do you think UK retail on that front compares with the rest of the world? Um, I definitely think UK retail compares very well. Um, I also think that perhaps we are a little bit too ready to assume that we can't learn anything from other countries and I think we always can. I suppose that comes from the fact that UK retailers have previously been described as the, you know, the standard bearers for excellence. A nation of shopkeepers. A nation of shopkeepers. Can they still lay claim to that crown? Uh, well, if you think about the um, the interaction between digital and physical in the UK, we certainly, I believe, have moved on from the narrative of it is one versus the other and really thinking holistically about the interconnection of physical retailing and digital retailing. And because um, penetration of, of online is so much higher in the UK than it is pretty much anywhere else, I th- that is an area where I, there, um, there's a great opportunity for the UK to be, to be showing some innovative solutions that perhaps others can learn from. And you said you, the UK in industry, the UK retail sector, can learn from other countries. Where would you suggest retailers look to particularly that you think exciting things are happening in the world? Um, well, we we hear a lot here about what's happening in Asia. So I definitely think that um, that is uh, where many UK retail businesses can be thinking more about. In terms then of the international growth opportunities, do you think Asia then is where UK businesses should be focusing their growth plans? Uh, It depends. It depends on an individual business. I think that, you know, we've got a whole spectrum of uh, businesses from those that are newer and are just looking to, to grow really quickly. And at the other end of the spectrum, those that are focused actually much more on restructuring and transforming what they already have. So 
the, the morals of international expansion, I think, continue to be as they always were, which was unless, you, unless you've got your, your proposition right, your, your home market as good as it can be, you can't build off something that isn't um, uh, at the top of its game and try and extend it internationally. When you, could, you, you couldn't do that five years ago or ten years ago and you, you definitely can't do that today. I think it's fair to say the the last six months, last 12 months have been really challenging for high street retailers. Um, I mean, big established names going into administration. Mm. Uh, who do you think is to blame for that? Is it the retailers not being fleet of foot enough to adapt to changes? Is it customers not going to their high street stores? Is it the pure play online retailers taking all the the custom away? It's a combination of many things. The the biggest driver is the behaviours and the demands of customers. So you can't change a, uh, a direction of travel that is so strong in terms of what it is that customers are looking for. And if you look across the history of, of retail over the last sort of 40 or 50 years, 50 years ago, suppliers were in charge. They had products that people wanted to, to buy and they were the ones that were making them and people in the general population were prepared to pay. 20 years ago, it was the retailers that were in charge. They had, they were the sort of the intermediary. They grew these big businesses that operated right across the country and you needed to um, actually have a shop in a community in order to be able to um, sell the suppliers' products into, into, into customers' hands. Whereas today, what technology has basically done is given um, that power completely into the hands of, of the customer. And I think you know, that's the backdrop by which you know, some businesses have, have, have risen to that challenge superbly well and others perhaps have done it less well. So I think you, you, can't, change, you can't change that groundswell of uh, that tidal wave of customer change. But there is a public policy sort of agenda that has kind of made the, exacerbated the, the negativity of that change, uh, particularly that's relevant from a UK market point of view. And that takes you into the tax system and that takes you into property taxes and business rates, which are just so punitive in the UK that the decisions that individual businesses are making about whether to open a new store or to or to keep a, an existing store open at the margin they're just they're they're deciding not to open that new store or, or to close more than perhaps they otherwise would and the government needs to to do something about that is it the fault of the government though or is it the fact that some of these retail businesses expanded too fast and too much to have as big an estate as possible and this is just the natural correction of that uh, I think there is a, a, a natural correction of that. Uh, we do have too much retail space in the UK, but that notwithstanding, we also have a tax system which is completely out of line with any other country um, and one which the... Um, in what sense? Do you mean the, the business rates? I on? do, yes. It, it's, it, we have higher business rates, so property taxes, than any other developed country in the world bar one. Uh, which apparently is Luxembourg, okay. so we don't have too many sort of retail comparisons with Luxembourg. Mm. Uh, so, so th th that 
is just a an anomaly of of the way that the the history has panned out in the UK, and there is no reason for that difference. I mean, some would say that if if the business rates were to come down, you plug that gap of revenue going into the government and to the treasury by introducing some sort of tax on online retailers. Mm. Do you think that's the way to go? I don't. Um, the reason I don't think that's the way to go is because we already have an industry that is overtaxed. So why would an industry that's already overtaxed want another tax? So that's reason number one. And reason number two is, and again, it comes back to the interconnectivity of physical retailing and digital re- they are They're not two separate things. And the idea that you can sort of tax online over there, I think is a is a um, an, uh, an outdated way of thinking about how how retail works uh, today question mark but definitely um, how it will be working more and more in the future in that those 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 channels will be connected they're not separate things you mentioned earlier technology and the role that has to play of, of the various and the many technological innovations available to retailers which one do you think has the potential to, to stick around and do the greatest good for retailers' fortunes? Uh, if I knew the answer to that, I wouldn't be sitting here <laughs> talking to you because <laughs> I would have backed some, uh, some niche uh, startup, dr- startup some drone somewhere. company yeah. or artificial <laughs> intelligence business or virtual reality mm. something rather. The reason I ask is because there is a, a danger that um, retailers can feel so swamped with technology options yeah. that they're being told, oh, adopt this, adopt yeah, this, yeah. adopt this. And they perhaps then spend so much time focusing on that that instead of maybe picking one bit of technology that's really going to make a difference, mm. they hedge their bets, they don't mm. really mm. back one horse enough mm. and and all the while mm. it's distracting them from the core focus yeah. of, of what does the customer, the mm. shopper, actually mm. want. Mm. Well, I, and I think in, in your question is a really uh, good point, which again is a, a theme that lots of people talk about is this, uh, you, know, you, you have to... Uh, you have to know what your um, your n- unique selling proposition is. What is it, what is it about your business that makes you uh, better than everyone else? And does every business really really understand that? Um, and uh, how do you um, uh, make sure that you are understanding what it is that your customers want all the time? And they're sort of things that people throw about in conversations, but what? I think any business needs to do is make sure that they are focused on those two things and if technology helps them deliver that USP or understand their customer better or deliver f- what it is that their customers want better then perhaps that's where they should be exploring and if it doesn't it shouldn't be and I know that sounds a bit no shit Sherlock but so many businesses don't necessarily think like that and do get drawn into the, the bright lights of um, something sort of whizzy and exciting. When you look at UK retail at the moment, who are the players within it that inspire you, that make you think, actually, they're doing a terrific job and they are flag bearers for what UK retail can be at its very best? 
One of the things you learn when you're running a trade association is never, never answer that question <laughs> because otherwise the person that you didn't mention is going to be on the phone and going, why didn't you mention me? So I, 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 I'm going to be completely upfront and honest. I am ducking the answer to that question. Um, but I think, it, you know, again, it, it comes back to the... Um, it's the interconnectivity between physical and digital and how well um, any business is doing that. Uh, it is that real um, connectivity and, and um, clarity of uh, understanding of, of what it is that the customer wants. And I think those are the sorts of things that, you know, everybody talks about, but it's not so easy to do as it is to say. And given all the challenges facing retail and the amount of lobbying and email writing you must have to do as an association what do you get most joy from out of the job that you do at the British Retail Consortium? Uh, so we haven't talked about Brexit so that is not the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, what, what, what I get most joy from is seeing seeing the people who work within retail businesses. I mean you know retail at the end of the day is it's a people business it will always be a people business. Um, those businesses that uh, really um, have their colleagues, their employees engaged in what it is that they're trying to do and believing as strongly as the management team in that same um, in that same vision are the really inspiring businesses. And that's what's inspiring about the job is to be um, the voice of, to be representing an industry that in the UK has got three, you know, three million great people who work in it. Um, globally is one of the largest private sector employers in the world. So we should be we should be super proud of that. And what a positive point to end on. Helen Dickinson, Chief Executive of the British Retail Consortium, thank you very much for speaking to us on the Retail Exchange podcast. So there you have it. While the death of the high street may have felt like the only national narrative in recent months, there are reasons for UK retailers to share in the new Prime Minister's sense of purpose and optimism. One thing is for certain, both he and retailers are going to be busy in the coming months. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Retail Exchange podcast. Subscribe online at theretailexchange.co.uk and join the debate on Twitter, hashtag Retail Exchange. This episode is brought to you by retail transformation agency Visual Thinking. Thanks for listening. <laughs>